Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of Rapid Recap here at Inside Nebraska. As always, he's Greg Smith and I'm Zach Carpenter. Uh, today is a bloody Tuesday, Greg. <laughs> welcome to bloody Tuesday. Yeah, Tony like White it. came out and he <laughs> was talking about how he's what exhausted because of the day he had, he had no voice again like and it was funny because we had no i don't remember we said this on here we were just talking about it kind of upstairs before we came down last week about how tony white had no voice and i was like well was it a bad practice like yeah. what was it nope it just turns out that it's bloody tuesday and that's the day that everybody gets after it so he was running around hollering um he talked about getting after a couple of guys <laughs> during the press conference so hey it's bloody tuesday yeah i like that i mean i, like I, I thought it was blunt uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday from whatever that song is by whatever band. I don't even <laughs> know the band. I just know that's a song uh, that's true. out there. But it's funny to hear, I mean, Tony White in almost every interview setting he's in, he's just very laid back. Yeah. Uh, very chill. Uh, very chill and undertoned. And there's two times now where we've seen something like that, like the entertaining type side or the um, uh, something out of the ordinary where he's not that laid back the first uh, if you remember that second fall camp day when we uh, oh, yeah. talked with him and that was uh, i mean obviously second practice and he's drenched oh, in sweat that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all <laughs> animated feels like that was the day that like we started thinking okay maybe this defense could be something retroactively obviously yeah. thinking like this defense could be something yeah. and then we flash forward to today where we find out it's play tuesday and this defense is playing lights out or then some uh, maybe some missed tackles against Louisiana Tech yeah and I mean it's funny too that and now the more I've thought about that I'm like okay maybe like and they should how do I say this they're, they're not in a, pro, in a place of a program where they should have a letdown but you could see how you could think okay we've got to gear up for this big game against Michigan like we've been playing great defense it's just going to happen for us but instead they had some missed tackles they had to kind of get back to fundamentals at rallying to the football which we've seen them do a great job of all year except for the beginning of that that game last week um, so they got back to it but yeah it's, it's on to Michigan uh, to quote Bill Belichick yeah uh, on to Michigan and last time so they played four the last four meetings uh, Nebraska has traveled three times to Ann Arbor mm-hmm. uh, obviously last year's just disgusting 34-3 loss and just dreary rainy conditions with starter Casey Thompson out um, 2019 it's a 56-10 loss uh, facing number 19 Michigan Face number three, Michigan last year. Um, last win was 2013, uh, in the 17-13 win in Ann Arbor behind Amir Abdullah um, and uh, Tommy Armstrong. Yep. And that was back when it was the, still the legends and leaders in the Big oh, Ten Conference. I time. saw that what and I, I just kind of chuckled. But <laughs> the, uh, the last time that Nebraska hosted Michigan here in Memorial Stadium was 2021 which is obviously the devastating 32-29 loss with the Adrian Martinez fumble at the end um, happened right here. And that was something that Makai Bear uh, was asked about. Um, he w- didn't have a big role that year at all, but right. he was asked about that. And he said, that, so there were like four or five quotes of the press conference that kind of <laughs> yeah. stood out, and Bear said one of them, a couple of them, when he said of, of that game, we almost had him, but almost doesn't count. Yeah, and he's exactly right. And he was redshirt in that game, and he talked about too that almost doesn't count, but that he thinks that had that team back his freshman year been a little more physical and had the edge that the team has right now, that they probably could have beaten that Michigan team. Which is really interesting that that's kind of the mindset. It's not, and to me, that's noteworthy. It's not, oh, if we had gotten one bounce here, if maybe if Adrian's fumble went somewhere. He didn't say that. He said if we were more physical. I think that's a sign of growth and progress. That's something you can control 
um, and something that you can reasonably expect them to be more physical in this game just because it's now a more physical program. But that game, Michigan game, was actually, it's one of the most electric nights that it has been in here in a long time. Came up in a loss, so it was all for now. But that was a great night. Just didn't go well. And <laughs> in, I, the, in the end, it was a great night. You would have better, a lot better perspective on this than I would. Mm. But did it feel so? Michigan was um, number nine in the country going into that game. They were five and zero. A win took them to six and zero. Nebraska was three and three that year. Yeah, had just uh, beaten and Northwestern. It went to three and four after the loss. Did it feel like? I mean, looking back on it now with the way the two programs have now gone. Mm. Like we were talking about yesterday, Michigan then went on to beat Ohio State um, that season and back-to-back um, -back Big Ten championships, back-to-back -back CFP berths, and Nebraska went from that close to a huge top ten upset to three and four. They wind up finishing three and nine, then four and eight last year. Uh, Scott Frost was fired. Now we're sitting here today with number two Michigan coming into town, and Nebraska's in a rebuild. Did, did it feel like genuinely like? feel like a turning point? Uh, no, it, well, no, because it actually felt like it was, that was what you could have seen from the Scott Frost era, like if they had been able to ever put it all together. Um, because remember, they were coming off of that huge win against Northwestern the week before that. So there was a lot of good, there was momentum-ish going into that game. And you're like, oh, okay, they're going punch for punch with this really good Michigan team. That was one of, that was, I think that was maybe his best game calling an offense. A lot of the orbit motion and all that stuff happened in that game. So it didn't feel like a turning point. It felt like, oh, that might be it. And then, and, you know. And then it just fell apart. <laughs> yeah, right. it just fell apart. That was kind of a sidebar because I, it just popped in my mind uh, as I was talking. Yeah. I wanted to get your perspective because I, I thought maybe it might have been sort of the crossing of paths. But either way, I mean, if Nebraska somehow wins this game mm -hmm. as a 17-, 18-point underdog on Saturday, then that would be certainly a turning point where yeah, people – the buy-in – I think the buy-in is kind of there, kind of not from the fan base. It's sort of just like – I feel like it's in – uh, neutral right now like yeah. it's not an They're overdrive waiting for something big but I don't know if even and I had to because I I'm, I think that this game is big obviously and, and it's important test for Nebraska in some ways um, like the physicality like we were talking about before but I really think that after this game we're going to learn a lot about this team and how they either bounce back if they lose or if it gets away from them or if they do keep it close or even like you said spring the upset how do they handle that like I feel like going forward is this is where things really get to begin uh, for this for this football team under coach rule yeah I mean it's what we all like to call a barometer game where yeah. you really find out about yourself um, and that's the test that okay. Michigan has the blueprint that Nebraska wants and we're gonna see if they are able to match that blueprint or uh, even overcome what uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines have, have established up in Ann Arbor. Um, but possibly, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a close game into the third quarter before Michigan pulls away. Not just, just as a tease, again, <laughs> yeah. for bold predictions on Thursday. Um, but probably expect a, a ground-and-pound physical game oh, that's based on hitting. fundamentals <laughs> and yeah. uh, filling gaps, getting re the correct blocking assignments. I mean, it's going to be classic it should be I think classic Big Ten football and as Omar Brown said another quote of the press conference he said that coach rule has been preparing us emphasizing that it's going to be a boxing fight right here in the ring yeah and I think that you you have to embrace that and I, I wrote that's another thing that I really like that was said today and I think that it speaks again to the right having the right mindset and it and that 
plus the Bloody Tuesday thing, I think it just shows how how it is that Matt Rule and this coaching staff are preparing this program, not just this particular team for this game, but the overall program and the mindset that they have to have to win a lot more in the Big Ten. Like all of this stuff sounds like things that you would hear at other successful Big Ten programs, and I think that that's a really good thing. You know, something that I'm, I'm work, workshopping a take in my in my okay. head for. Uh, if this game goes how I, I think it'll probably go. And it's almost like the, I mean, not to, not to belittle anything or Nebraska or anything, I'm just trying to come up with a, a decent comparison or metaphor. It's like the, um, the older brother who beats the little brother in one-on-one basketball in the, in the driveway over at the park. And then eventually, like, so you see what it takes. Yeah. And eventually, one day you grow up, you grow up, you grow up, lay, the fo- lay more foundations, keep improving. And one day, the little brother beats big brother or the son beats the dad in that one-on-one <laughs> right. game. Or if you've seen in NFL games, I, Stephon Diggs, after they lost the Chiefs in the AFC title game in 2021, I think it was, he's in the stadium, he's looking, watching the celebration right. of uh, the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl and sort of like that, all right, I know what it takes. Like, we're witnessing it up close and personal. That's what it's going to take to get to that level. I feel like that's what we might be saying coming out of Saturday when uh, when Nebraska takes on the team that the program that they want to ultimately. Yeah, become. especially, and I think that that's especially um, a good point for when you go look at Michigan's lines of scrimmage um, on Saturday, and I think that that's where you're going to see the difference, but also where you're going to see where Matt Rule wants to take this thing. And I was the running backs as well. Um, and while we there are some there are good running backs at Nebraska, and I think that Anthony Grant is very good. He's not Blake Corum um, or Donovan Edwards, and so I think that seeing that as well up close is something that will say again to Husker fans that okay. But they sh- I think the Nebraska fans should have confidence that Matt Rule is going to get them closer to that. And when you're talking about that buy-in, I still think this personally that I, I my level of confidence in Matt Rule is high. Um, I think there are a good portion of the fan base feels the same way, but I think that you'll see that barometer, like you said, come Saturday. And we'll see a barometer against a really, really strong defense in Michigan. Um, haven't been really tested yet. I mean, Rutgers is the best right. team they've played, and. Um, I, in my opinion, Nebraska is going to wind up being the best team that Michigan has faced in the first oh, yeah. five games, top to bottom. Um, and I guess that's arguable, but and I think it's road, pretty. Their first game on the road. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. That's, I mean, again, stepping on bold predictions, but whatever. <laughs> I, th- I, I just, I'm excited to see how this, how this unfolds because it's not as if Michigan is a, ju- a juggernaut or a giant. Nobody in college football is this year. Yeah, so, it's just wide open. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, it's on the table um, if things, if. Uh, if Nebraska is able to set their tempo and style like they have in what four, eight, twelve, sixteen quarters, they've set the yeah. pace and the style in fourteen of those sixteen. Yeah. With the second half against Colorado, the only um, yeah. the only hiccup. But before we get out of here, just the uh, on the giant or juggernaut, the tall task we'll say <laughs> that Nebraska faces. Marcus Satterfield was asked about the Michigan defense today. And he said that the front seven, especially at Michigan, compares to uh, <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles front seven, yeah. which, you know, probably not lavish, a great sign praise. if that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> lavish praise. Yeah, you can take that one of two ways here. Lavish praise or probably not a good sign for Nebraska's offense. I, well, yes, both. Maybe yes, both. Yes is the, is the answer there. Um, that's going to be a tall, the offensive line versus, versus Michigan's defensive line. As always, I feel like we say this every week, is really a huge key. Like, can Nebraska's offensive line 
get their kind of mojo going earlier in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's something that we've seen them struggle early on. And then you look up and, oh, there's 300 yards rushing. Yep. Oh, by the way, they're leading the Big Ten in rushing Slow yards burn. per game. Like it's very strange. It does not feel that way. How, like if, if you come out of that game on Saturday thinking, oh, it feels like a top rushing team in the conference, you know some good things have happened. But that's going to be a tall task against the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> I, thought, I love I love any comparisons. So I was like, oh, yeah. well, all right. Well, I guess the spread should be minus 50 for yeah. Michigan. But another comparison, speaking of boxing fights earlier yeah. in Philadelphia, Marcus Satterfield had a rocky comparison for yeah. Heinrich Harburg when asked about what he likes about him and what he needs to improve on. Um, he did say that uh, he reminds Heinrich Harburg reminds him a little bit of Rocky, Rocky Balboa, and that he's, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but Essentially, he's willing to die for a yard, is what <laughs> yeah. I keep saying. He's he just fights. He's his toughness and the way he competes. But uh, I think you had some thoughts on the other thing that Marcus. Yeah, had so it was kind of a weird comment in my opinion. Sorry, Sat. Um, that, you know, Satterfield talked about how you know the one thing that Harburg needs to improve on is his conditioning. He needs to get in shape. He didn't say his conditioning. He said he needs to get in shape uh, because you know there were plays like after he ran that like 72-yard touchdown that got called back. He was mm -hmm. gassed after that. I think he mentioned something about they ran the ball eight or nine times in a row, and he was kind of laboring during that. I I didn't notice it. Steve Mark, our football guy, he said that he did. On the rewatch, and so I'm, I'm not going to say that Sat is not telling the truth. I just think it's interesting to call your quarterback out for that. I'm surprised we're going to turn around and see uh, Harburg out here running some sprints uh, to get ready for Michigan on Saturday. I mean, I think that's going to happen when you throw the ball 17 times, but you also run it 19 yeah. times, including that 72 or uh, 75 yarder that got called back. Yeah. And then you have to come all the way back down and throw it again, and then you're relying on him so much. It's like I don't know if that's necessarily. Uh, uh, surprise or shock that no, uh, your quarterback might be a little winded, but Harburg did after the game. It was a funny press conference moment. That that guy does not smile in uh, nah, public he's settings. Like, like he's very, he's uh, he's like white, but I think in. even more serious yeah. and locked in is a good way to say it. But uh, he got the first flash of a smile when he was talking about that 75-yard touchdown run. He said he talked to his mom right after, and she was like. Uh, yeah, she was worried because she knows I was just a 100, 200-meter yeah. sprinter in high school, and I had to pretty much run 100 yards down and come back and yeah. do the play all over again. But prediction right now, how many carries? Over under 20-and-a-half carries for Heinrich Harburg on Saturday. Under. I'm going to go under. Okay. All right. with the, that might be my bold prediction. There we go. You're welcome. Of, we stumbled into that because I feel like people watching this are like, of course it's over. So we'll see. Right. I, I, honestly, I don't have a good way to end this podcast because there's so much to talk <laughs> no, about. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to spring an over-under on you. Okay. And speaking of over-unders, it's 46 and a half, I think, is the number mm -hmm. right now uh, for this game. Nebraska opened as a 17-point underdog, double-digit underdog for the first time this year. Um, but you know what? As Matt Rule says, we're going to work hard and go out. We're going to play hard, see what happens. So that's what oh, we're going to do. We're going to see what happens on Saturday right here at Memorial Stadium. So for Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys again next time.